You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Voices. Enjoy. God's praying, preparing for this message, and just praying in the Spirit for a while. I said, Lord, what do you want to say? And the word voices rose up inside of me. Voices. He said, I want you to tell them that there are many voices clattering for their attention. There are many voices in this earth. And boy, have we seen that in the past two months. Many voices clamoring for your attention. But he said, I want you to encourage them and remind them that there is only one voice that can make them new. There is only one voice that can restore and make whole. There is only one voice that can not only heal but remove every scar. There is only one voice that can make it as if every failure in your past never happened. And that's the voice of the one who made you. And he said, remind them and encourage them to set their ears, to set their hearts upon the voice of their father in these days. Not the voice of the media, not the voice of uh, medical professionals, not the voice of man, not the voice of your boss at work, but to set your heart on the voice of your father. Not putting any of those things down. But he, I believe he wants me to encourage you to listen to what he has to say. Because it's his voice and his voice alone that will not only set you free, but will keep you free. The voice of the one who made you, the voice of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your voice leading and guiding us through each day of our lives. We know your voice. And the voice of a stranger we will not follow. You are our good father, our good, good father, our good shepherd. And we thank you that we hear your voice. And your voice is, is numero uno in our lives. And we ask your Holy Spirit to help us to become sensitive to your leading in our lives that we would not get caught up in the circumstances around us, what's going on in the world, in the reports from different organizations, but that we would be caught up in what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you understand that uh, as we're going forward here, when I talk about other voices, whatever uh, group I'm talking about, we're not putting people down. But the reality is, compared to God's voice, there really is no other voice for you to listen to. 
And if any voice in your life, regardless of who it's coming from, is contrary to what your father says in his word, it's a voice you don't want to listen to. You can be nice about it, but you want to grab a hold of what God says and you want to stay with, stay with him because it's his voice that's going to take you all the way, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's go there in our Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The title of this message is Voices. Voices. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. There are many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. What does that mean? In other words, every voice is signaling something to you, is signifying something to you. Every voice in this earth is attempting to point you in a direction just like a traffic sign would. Young's literal translation says, and none of them is unmeaning. There are many voices in this world. None of them are, are uh, without signification. None of them are without meaning or unmeaning. The Darby translation says, and none are of undistinguishable sound. They're all different. You can distinguish between these voices. Okay? There are many voices in the earth. There are many. There are voices of, of the government. There are voices of society. There are voices of each profession and each industry. There are the voices of man. There are the voices of religion. But all of them are very different than the voice of your heavenly father than the voice of the one who made you. Because anyone else who speaks is speaking from a finite point of view. Anyone else who speaks has a beginning. Your father has no beginning. Big difference between him and everybody else. When he speaks, he never... Uh, he never guesses or wonders or puts a theory out there to test it. He knows everything about everything all the time, always has, always will. So if you want a life that's sure and certain and that's unshakable, listen to his voice. There are many voices in this world we're living in in 2020, and boy, have we heard them in the last couple months, right? Especially during this stay-at-home order, right? Lots of voices. And each one of these voices is pointing you towards something. Before you listen to a voice, you have to ask yourself, what is it pointing me towards? 
What is the significance? What is the, the sign? What is the meaning behind this voice? What is it directing me towards? What is it directing me to think and to believe? What is it directing me to do? I hope you're awake. This isn't an important time in our nation. And God wants people who are awake. I hope you're awake. Stay awake. Stay attentive to his voice. A lot of voices loudly speaking. Every voice has a purpose. I didn't say a good purpose, but a purpose. Every, per every voice has a meaning. Every voice has a motive. Human life is modeled after God, right? Mankind was made in the image of God. What does that mean? We operate the way God operates. How does God operate? He believes in his heart and he speaks with his mouth. In other words, what he wants to see take place in the world, he sees it in his heart first. And out of the overflow of his heart, he speaks it into the atmosphere. Before this earth was created, it was seen in the heart of God. Human beings operate that same way. Although we are different because he has no beginning. And we're getting to know him. And we're in the process of renewing our mind, changing our thinking, getting rid of wrong thinking. God doesn't have to do any of that. He's never had a wrong thought. Isn't that amazing? So there are differences between us. But we were made in his image. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this. Through faith, remember what faith is, confidence in the goodness of God, right? Right? Through confidence in the goodness of God, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When you put your confidence in who God says He is, in the goodness of God, you begin to understand things that you could not understand if you had not put your confidence in the goodness of God. So as people who have put their confidence in the goodness of God, we understand things that others don't understand. We understand that everything in this natural realm came from the spirit realm. This isn't sci-fi. This isn't a new age doctrine. This is the simple foundational truths of God's word. It shouldn't be foreign to us as believers. 
It shouldn't be uh, something new that we have to wonder, is this true or not? We should be grounded in these God realities. We should be grounded in them and operate skillfully in them as we're going through our days. So we understand that the Word of God created the universe. We understand that His Word is perfect in power. We understand that just like every other voice has a purpose and a meaning, so does God's voice have a purpose and a meaning. What is the purpose behind God's voice? It's good to know. What is the purpose behind God's voice? Life. Abundant life. Peace. Untroubled. Undisturbed. Well-being. Joy. Wholeness. Healing. Victory. This is God's motive and purpose behind everything He says to you. That's why we can totally trust Him. He is the only one who has a perfectly pure motive. The only one. No matter how hard man tries, no matter how uh, good a person's intentions, no one has a pure motive and pure intentions like our Heavenly Father. He is the only one you can totally and completely trust. Are you okay with that? It's true anyway, isn't it? In this day we're living in, you must cultivate an unwavering trust in the voice of your Father. You must know that His motive is pure. He is always thinking of what's best for you. He will never hurt you. He will never misdirect you. He will never manipulate you. He will never trick you. There are many voices in the earth, none of them without significance. The significance of God's voice is that he's pure love. And everything he would ever say to you will, will benefit you beyond what you've imagined. Now, there are three places we know, and if you've been coming to Highway, you hear this regularly. There are three places in the Bible that we can go to clearly see the voice, the purpose, the meaning, and the will of God. The first place in the Bible that we can go to clearly see the purpose behind God's voice 
is in the book of Genesis before Adam sinned. Okay? The second place we can clearly hear the voice of God in the scriptures is in the ministry of Jesus Christ. The third place we can clearly see the purpose and meaning behind the voice of God is at the end after Satan is bound and this thing is all done in Revelation. And in each one of those three, three places, you will see life and life abundantly. Because that is the purpose behind the voice of God. Listen closely to me. God did not cause this scare that's been labeled a pandemic. Nor did he allow it. He did not cause it, nor did he allow it. If you've rightly divided the word of God, you will see in the very beginning that God gave man authority over the earth. In fact, if you'll study the scriptures, God himself said that he gave man authority, dominion, and sovereignty over the earth. And you'll see that Satan stole that sovereignty over the earth and Satan became the God of this world. That means God is not controlling what's going on in the earth and he's not allowing it either. Things are happening in this world because Satan is the God of this world and God's sons and daughters aren't exercising their authority because they've listened to the wrong voices. When you're listening to the voice of your father, you'll walk in an authority and you won't be afraid of anyone or anything ever Are you all right? This doesn't hurt, does it? What do they say when you go to the gym? No pain, no gain. We need to let go of some voices. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. When you're reading through the ministry of Jesus, take the woman with the issue of blood. When you're reading through that account of that woman's life, and she touches the hem of his garment. Do you see yourself as the woman touching the hem? Or do you see yourself as Jesus wearing the garment? Time to see yourself as Jesus wearing the garment. As he is, so are we in this world. He, he gave you a new life so that you could do the things he did and greater things than these. But you're not going to live and walk in that new life if you're listening to the wrong voices. This is good. It's needed. It's time. So if you look at one of the places before the fall of man back in Genesis, you'll see the purpose behind God's voice when he said, let there be light. You'll see a paradise that we really can't even comprehend. You'll see earth as a paradise. This is before Adam 
gave Satan authority over the earth. You'll see a place that was a perfect climate, um, no storms, no tornadoes, no earthquakes, uh, animals didn't eat each other, uh, there were no thorns, there were no mosquitoes, there were no deadly things in the earth. You'll see a paradise again that we can't comprehend. We look out at the world today and we think it's beautiful. But if we could see what the world was like before the fall, we would be in shock at the nasty state the world is currently in. And that's okay. We're not negative people. We just realize this earth is falling apart. It's not our home. We're not attached to it. We're not hoping that this earth miraculously, you know, gets rescued. We need a new earth. We want everyone to be saved. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We're not attached to this planet. It's a fallen world that's falling apart. We want everyone on the planet to be saved. But we need a redo. We need a, re a reboot. We need a new heaven, a new earth. And that's God's plan. You know, we're in the last days, don't you? What voices have you been listening to? So in Genesis before the fall, we see there is a paradise. We see the purpose of God's voice revealed in the earth. And it's beautiful. But I want you to know something. Satan before was around before man was. And Satan knows the purpose behind God's voice. He knows it. He knows what God's motive is. He knows there's healing in the voice of God. He knows there's restoration and wholeness and, and victory and, 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 and prosperity and vision and purpose and unshakable destiny in the voice of God. So what's Satan, try, Satan trying to do? He wants to keep you from recognizing, from listening to, and acting upon the voice of your father. Right? He wants to bring other voices in your life to try and belittle God's voice. I like that word belittle. Belittle is what it means. To try and make God's voice little and the other voices bigger. To try and make the other voices seem more significant than what your father said. Because they've got more YouTube followers. Or they've got a, a, a large payroll. Or because they're influential in the earth. Do you know there is no one that has a payroll like your father? There's no one who has more followers than your father. This is what Satan's up to. This is how he stole paradise from you and me. By bringing other voices into man's life and trying to undermine what God had already said. Satan began speaking to man back in Genesis chapter 3, and the voices that he, that he presented to Adam were voices 
that cast a shadow on what God said. What do I mean by that? There were voices that, that made it seem like God had a hidden agenda. That God was up to something. That God really didn't have Adam's good in mind when he spoke and when he acted. That's a great strategy. Because if someone doesn't have your good in mind when they speak, then I can't trust that someone, right? And Satan's doing the same thing today. He doesn't want you to know that this Bible is as sure of a, of a footing as you can ever have. That the word given to us in this holy book is a foundation that nothing in this world and that no devil in the spirit realm can shake. So this is what Satan is doing. This is how he steals from mankind. He presents other voices and some of them are very attractive. Some of them are very talented. Some of them are very popular. Some of them are very wealthy. Some of them are very educated. Some of them are very influential. But the motive behind their voice is not pure. So we don't listen. We're nice about it. But we don't listen. The voice of a stranger, we will not follow. Who's a stranger? Anyone speaking contrary to my father. Still awake? There are many voices in the earth and each one is pointing you towards something. Every voice has a purpose, a meaning, and a motive. There's a spirit behind every voice. Now don't get paranoid. I'm not talking about being paranoid. All right. But there is an attitude. Let me say it that way. There's an attitude behind every voice. Sometimes good people have a bad attitude temporarily. Have you ever been there? You said something you didn't want to say because you weren't, you know, you were having a, uh, you got up on the wrong side of the bed, they used to say. Peter had a bad hair day in the Gospels. Have you read about that? Peter got up on the wrong side of the bed and he rebuked Jesus. There was a wrong attitude behind what Jesus, excuse me, behind what Peter said to Jesus. Are you familiar with this? Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 8. I'm telling you, you've got to be zeroed in on the voice of your father. Because even well-meaning people can say things to you that are contrary to your father. Matthew chapter 8, verse 31. Now this is one of the disciples. They were watching Jesus work. They were watching Jesus operate on a daily basis. They saw, they with their senses witnessed bodies being made whole. Dead people coming back to life. Fish, a few fish and a, some loaves of bread multiplying to feed thousands and thousands of people. They saw these things. They experienced them with their senses. They left everything to follow Jesus. Okay? 
Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he began to teach them. Jesus is teaching his disciples because he's the, the Alpha and the Omega, right? He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer. Wouldn't it be backwards if the disciples were trying to teach Jesus? Wouldn't it be backwards if we try and directed God in our lives? If we, try, if we tried to teach him what he should say and what he should think? Wouldn't that be backward? Yeah, because he has no beginning, right? And, and uh, he began to say to them, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that openly, saying, excuse me, and he spake that saying openly. Peter took Jesus and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter. I like to try and imagine what that was like. Jesus grabbing excuse me, Peter, grabbing Jesus and rebuking him. <laughs> wow, that's pretty bold, wouldn't you say? After all he saw, all that Jesus did. So Peter grabs Jesus and rebukes him. Then Jesus rebukes Peter. <laughs> and he says, get behind me, Satan. Does your Bible say that? It does. Get behind me, Satan. Was Peter Satan? No, of course not. What was Jesus doing? Addressing the spirit behind what Peter was saying. There's a spirit behind every voice. Whether the voice, the person speaking, realizes it or not. Peter didn't realize what he was saying. What would cause someone who left everything, saw all the things that he saw, what would cause him to yield to Satan in this way and grab the Son of Man and rebuke him? Well, Jesus tells us, get behind me, Satan, for you savor not the things that be of God but the things that be of men. I like that. What does it mean to savor? You savor not the things of God, but the things that be of men. Don't go to sleep on me now. Here's a definition right from the good old dictionary. To savor, listen closely, is to enjoy and appreciate completely, especially by dwelling on it. Let me read that again. You savor not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. To savor, to enjoy and appreciate completely. Do you enjoy and appreciate completely the things of God, especially by dwelling on them? 
Do you enjoy and appreciate the word of God completely by dwelling on it? Have you made what God has said to us in his word the focus of your attention? And are you determined to keep it the focus of your attention? Or have you savored the word of man? Good thing to, to be aware of. Good thing to be conscious of as I'm going through my day. What am I enjoying and appreciating? What am I keeping my mind stayed on? When you savor the things of God, you'll clearly hear the voice of God. When you savor the things of man, you will not clearly hear the voice of God. You can't have it both ways. Every person is to make that decision at some point in their lives, whose voice am I going to esteem above all else's? Whose words am I going to dwell on and appreciate and enjoy completely? Hallelujah. Verse 34, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whoever's gonna, if you're going to try and cling to something that's ungodly, you're going you're to lose your destiny. If you're going to uh, savor and appreciate the things of man, you're going to lose the destiny God's prepared for you. It's a serious business, isn't it? Hallelujah. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the good news' sake, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Jesus just tells it like it is because he's perfect love. Love doesn't hide Love, you know, the proverb says better is open rebuke than hidden love. If you're in a loving relationship with someone, then if they need to, they'll rebuke you. Love rebukes. Divine love does. Natural human love, it'll do whatever it wants to get, your, get what it wants from you, Right? Hallelujah, divine love rebukes. Thank you. I like when Jesus rebukes. Because why? I know his motive. Right? What's his motive? Life. Wholeness. Healing. Protection. Victory. So I welcome his rebuke. Right? 
his correction in my life. This adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Wow. Powerful, isn't it? Powerful to exalt the voice of Jesus above all else. Now, not, I, I'm not interested in putting anyone down. Now, let me say this to you. You will never hear me say the name of a minister and then criticize them. The only time you'll hear me say the name of a minister is if I'm encouraging you to listen to them and to get their books and listen to their messages because they're, they're preaching the good news. Why do I say? Because I've seen a lot coming up in this stay-at-home time, stay time where there are religious uh, leaders who are calling out names of ministers and criticizing them. Love doesn't behave that way. Now, we can talk about ungodly ideas. We can talk about that, and I do that a lot, don't I? We want to call out ungodly ideas, but we don't want to call out someone's name and slander them. We don't need to do that. Who do we think we are to do that? Right? So what I'm going to say right now, I'm not trying to put anyone down. And you understand that lost people, and I was talking about people who are in the church, but you understand lost people don't know any better. So we can't fault people who are lost. But you know, the, a lot of the leaders of our state, of, of Massachusetts, when they, this, this stay-at-home order was given, do you know none of their advisors were Christian leaders? Do you know that when the order to begin the reopening process, when a, when a team was assembled, a, a leadership team was assembled in this state to discuss how to reopen this state? Do you know there was not one representative from, from uh, the houses of worship in the state? Not one. one. Listen, God wasn't last on the list. He wasn't on the list. I'm not mad about it. I just want to share something with you, okay? I just want you to understand the, what, what kind of voices are coming at you. Voices where God's not like two or three or the last on the list. He's not even on the list. Okay. All right. It was about 260 ministers from Massachusetts had to petition the leaders of the state and say, listen, you've got like, what, 8,000 houses of worship in this state, and you don't have anyone on this board to even advise or even consider how, how to get the houses of worship reopened. There's something wrong when you think to open strip clubs, but houses of worship aren't even on your plan. Every voice has a motive. Every voice has a spirit. We're not faulting anyone. Remember, people who are lost, they don't know any better. They're just going with the flow of this world. 
But as believers, if I listen to these lost voices and allow these lost voices to trouble me or to make me afraid or to change the way I live, I'm listening to the wrong voices. Ooh-wee. This is a talk, isn't it? This is a good talk. We don't condemn anyone. Do you know the word judge is a good word, but you have to understand it has two definitions. All right? So in one, one area, Jesus tells us to not judge others, to judge others. In another area, he tells us to judge others. Well, which is it? The first type of judging, the first definition or one of the definitions of judging is to condemn someone. We are never to condemn anyone. Did you hear me? That's the type of judging a Christian is never to do. We're never to condemn a non-believer. We're never to condemn a believer. What was the judging Jesus was talking about? We, the other definition of the word judge is to discern what is good and bad. To discern what is right and wrong. This type of judging we are to do every day. Is the fruit of that tree I'm about to eat, is it rotten or ripe? Right? Listen, when I sit down to eat a meal, if it smells bad, I'm not going to dig in. Right? That's not condemnation. That's discernment. So as these voices try to enter my life, I sniff them out a little bit. Does this smell like my father? Is this the sweet fragrance of Christ? Or is this the ignorance of man? If it's the ignorance of man, I'm not going to dig in. I'm just going to take it for what it is and keep moving forward. How are we doing? Good? Isn't this wonderful? So the voice that we need to hear and the voice that we need to repeat is the voice of God in the earth. What is that voice? I came that you might have life and might have it abundantly. What is that voice? Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. What is that voice? With the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. What is that voice? God so loved the world that he gave his one lonely son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What is that voice? That he who believes in him is not condemned because he's believed in the only son of God. Hallelujah! Now, let's look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. This is so good. So the church is to be the voice of the goodness of God in the earth. That's the voice that we are to speak into this world. Not a voice of condemnation, not a voice of fear, but if you're listening to voices of fear, you're going to speak voices of fear. If you're listening to ungodly voices, 
where God's not even on their list of consideration, guess what? Your considerations are going to be ungodly. You've got to understand that anyone, as we saw in Peter's life, can allow themselves to be under the influence of a wrong voice. I can do that. I can. I can, I can choose to listen to wrong voices, and there are a lot of them out there. And I can choose to allow them to influence me and, and begin to act upon them. Doesn't mean it's right, but I can do that. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, brethren, the apostle Paul's writing to the believers in Rome. He says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Wow. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge, the true knowledge of God's goodness. The true knowledge of who he is and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Right? So you can be zealous for God, and the one who's writing this was, right? He was Saul. He was persecuting believers, arresting them, giving consent to their murder, but got saved, got delivered from that. You can have a zeal for God, but be doing things contrary to God. Listen, this has happened far too, off by, far too often by religious leaders. The voice that's coming from their pulpit is a voice of condemnation, a voice of fear, a voice of manly wisdom instead of the voice of the Father. We are the voice of the goodness of God in the earth. We are the only voice of the goodness of God in the earth. Who, who is going to... Who is going to hear about the goodness of God if we don't speak up? Who's going to know that divine health is available if we don't speak up? Who's going to know that Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases if we don't say it? We're the ones who are to be speaking these things into the earth, not joining in with the chorus of fear and criticizing preachers who preach without preaching. We're the ones who are to be saying these things, not criticizing them. We say what Jesus said. We do what Jesus does. We have the same purpose that his voice has. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Wow. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in a very different way. Paul is juxtaposing two different righteousness. Self-righteousness where that's what you hear when you hear ministers criticizing by name other ministers. That's self-righteousness. Okay? They, they have their own system of righteousness and they judge others by it. 
doesn't work, okay? There's a different type of righteousness. It comes by taking God at his word, by simply believing Jesus and saying what he says. This is how the righteousness of faith speaks. It, does, it says, don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That's to bring Christ down from heaven. Or who will descend into the abyss? That's to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. This is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved from what? From every dark thing including COVID-19. What did Jesus say repeatedly in his ministry? The kingdom of God is where? Within you. It's at hand. Self-righteousness tries to put the things of God out of the reach of man because self-righteousness declares that you don't qualify to enjoy them. But the righteousness of faith says it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. The righteousness of God, the kingdom of God is within you. Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth and you will experience him. We are the voice of the goodness of God in the earth. We are the ones proclaiming that God is for you, not against you. That Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. That he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds in this day we're living in. That he's a good shepherd. And that if you'll follow him, you will not lack. That he will lead you into places of plenty. That he will restore your soul and cause you to rest by waters of refreshing. That his staff will protect you. His rod, his rod will protect you. His staff will comfort and direct you. He will keep you saved from wolves he will protect you from thieves and that even though you live in this world you will not be afraid that you will he will set a feast before you in the presence of this darkness because he is a faithful father and his motive behind his voice is your life made whole this is who we are this is what we preach this is the goodness of God. This is what we give our attention to. Hallelujah. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We don't tell people that there's some special formula in our group you have to undergo to be saved. We tell people just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and open your mouth and say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Show yourself to me. We're not going to add anything to that because that's the formula of God's salvation. Hallelujah. Whoever... Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how should they call on him? 
in whom they've not believed, and how, they, how shall they believe in him? In whom they've not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? How will they, how will they know what to believe in if, if the church is echoing the voice of the world? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news of untroubled, undisturbed well-being. You see, I know I'm sent. You've got to know you're sent. You've got to know you're called. You've got to know you're chosen. That you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that he might show forth his excellencies in this world. Hallelujah. Confidence in the goodness of God comes by hearing of the goodness of God. Comes by hearing the purpose behind the voice of God. Comes by knowing the intentions of God. That he is good and his mercy does endure forever. Let's finish with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The church is to be the voice of the goodness of God. We speak contrary to every other voice. We're a refuge. We're, we're an oasis in the desert. We're, we're a five-star hotel in the midst of, of nasty motels. We're a place of refuge. We're a place of safety. We're a place of healing. We're a place of victory. We're a place of needs met. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen nor ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Why are there ministers saying that we are presuming upon God to say what he says? To know his will for our lives. To think his thoughts after him. To speak his words after him. This is what he sent his son for. This is why he gave us his spirit. So that we would know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The New Living Translation says that God shows us, his spirit shows us the deep secrets of God. Let's see, the King James Version of verse 12 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know, be sure, be certain, the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Passion Translation says it this way, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. This is what we preach. All that grace has lavished upon us. 
and we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. We are the voice of the goodness of God in the earth. I want to encourage you to put other voices aside. Don't be rude. But in your heart, in your mind, put every other voice aside and focus on the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who made you. And let him lead you forward. Let him inspire you to be a light in this dark world. To be a fear-free agent of change in this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for loving us with a perfect love. Thank you, Lord, for your pure motive, the pureness of your heart, the cleanness of your heart, the, the sparkling purity of your love for us. Because you are who you are, we know that your voice is the only voice we can fully trust. So we exalt you in our thinking. We exalt you in our heart and in our mind. And we remove any other voices that we've been giving credence to, that we've allowed to compete with your voice. We remove it now. And we lift up your voice in our mind. And we say, Jesus, be Lord of every thought. In, in your name we pray. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.